welcome back. Remember, more information on the show can be found on our Facebook page. Visit Sunday Morning Magazine with Rodney Lear. Like us there now. On the phone with me now is Dr. Deanna Brand. She is an award-winning psychotherapist and in-law expert and the author of the book, Reluctantly Related, Revisited. It's our pleasure to welcome Dr. Deanna Brand to Sunday Morning Magazine. Thank you for having me. Now, you are an award-winning psycho, clinical psychotherapist and an expert on in-laws. Now, how does one become an expert on in-laws? Explain that to me. Besides having them? Right. <laughs> um, well, one of the things I, I did, besides I am a mother-in-law and I am a daughter-in-law, but besides that, um, I did do some research. Um, I'm, a, I'm a clinical therapist anyway, um, so I've done private practice and, and worked with lots of people. But I also did some research specifically on the mother-in-law daughter-in-law relationship um, because I really wanted to understand what is going on in this relationship and why is it so hard because it is all right good and we'll talk about that now let's talk about your book you have a book it's called reluctantly related (laughs) revisited now tell me about that now that's a really good title (laughs) because sometimes you you are as reluctant (laughs) when you relate it to someone tell me about that let's talk about the book well, the book is really based on this relationship because if you think about it, the mother-in-law and daughter-in-law do not choose each other. So in many ways, they can be reluctantly related. They're related because of the man, you know, the son or the husband. And so they have to figure out a way to, to get along because of that. I mean, they don't really have a choice, and they didn't choose each other. So it's kind of a strange relationship in that way. And they're typically have a lot of contact with each other. So they have to figure this out. Okay. And so that's what the book is all about. Yes. So let me ask you this now. Isn't it all this stereotype is almost like the wicked stepmother. Isn't the mother-in-law supposed to be cold and mean? (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's what they say. Um, I would say probably a daughter-in-law would would describe her more as... um, overly involved, intrusive, controlling. That's how often daughters-in-law will see their mothers-in-law. So um, it's a little twist of, of what the stereotype is, but, um, but it's definitely one that's very prevalent. Okay. So let me ask you this. You did the research. Why is this mother and daughter-in-law, why is this daughter-in-law and mother-in-law, why is this relationship so complicated? Is it has something to do about the stereotypes I just talked about? Let's talk about why this is so okay. complicated. The main reason it is, um, one is because you've got two women in a relationship, and women women view relationships very differently than men, so that kind of starts it off right there. But then you also have the the bigger piece here is that the mother-in-law and the daughter-in-law are really um, they're vying for the husband or sons and being able to have influence over them. I mean, that is their main thing. They are competing with each other for that influence that they have over him. Um, it's not the love because they, they both know he loves them, but they want to both have influence. If you think about it, the mother-in-law... I mean, that was her child. So she had influence over him his whole life. I mean, just being the mom. Um, And it's hard for her to give that up because she doesn't know any other way. 
the daughter-in-law, the wife, she's like, well, wait, I'm the wife now. I should be his priority. I should have more influence over him. So they kind of fight about it, but they don't even know that that's what they're fighting about. Do you think it brings out both of their insecurities about, you know, probably being a mother and being a wife? Absolutely. You're absolutely right. It does bring out the insecurities. The daughter-in-law is insecure about, you know, her position in the family, her position with her husband, you know, and being, quote, important to him or mattering to him. But for the mom, for the mother-in-law, she's over there going, you know, I'm losing something here and I don't want to lose it, you know. So absolutely, they get very insecure on both sides. Okay, so you can help me out with this now. I will be doing this for the very first time this summer. I will be traveling with my in-laws and for the first time in 22 years of marriage, I'm vacationing with my in-laws. What advice can you give me? Because, you know, I don't want to be stressed out and help us out. Some other people that may be in this situation traveling with the in-laws for the very and vacationing with the in-laws and we're taking a long car trip. I will be in the car with my mother-in-law for about 12 hours. That's challenging. Good luck. (laughs) (laughs) But I must say, I must say this. My mother-in-law is a sweetheart, so I don't have these problems. But for others that have this problem, let's talk about traveling with the in-laws. Okay. Okay. Help us out. Give us some tips. Help us get through this. Sure. I think the first thing you want to do is you need to really be realistic. You know, you can't expect your in-law to be different from who they are. And so you just accept that, that, you know, she may talk a lot or she may do different things that kind of can annoy you. But just if you know that that's going to be there, you can, there's things you can do to not make it so bad. So you've really got to look at things very realistically when you're traveling with your in-law. I think the other thing that you really want to look at is, you, you know, you want to really not take things personally. You're in a small space together, whether it's a car or, you know, the, the, um, place you're staying, you know, it's, it's small quarters. And so you can't take little things that someone says or does personally because they're stressed out too. And we all show stress in very different ways. And so you have to be willing to, you know, just let it go, you know, you know, find the humor in things sometimes. So that's the other one. Just find the humor. You know, when they do stuff that typically is annoying, you just kind of laugh and go, okay, here we are. You know, here we go again. <laughs> you know, just laugh about things because it's not the end of the world. You know, it's not, it's, this is not going to be a forever thing. You're just on a short trip. You're going to, you know, maybe a week or whatever it is, but it's going to end at some point. So that's really important. Okay. I see a lot of adult beverages involved here, but (laughs) (laughs) probably so. (laughs) And that doesn't hurt sometimes either. (laughs) Right, 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 right. And in case you're just tuning in this morning, you're listening to Sunday Morning Magazine. I'm Rodney Lear. For more information on the show or to join the conversation, you can visit our Facebook page, Sunday Morning Magazine with Rodney Lear on Facebook. Head there now and like us there now. You'll find out more about our guests. Dr. Deanna Braun. She's the author of the book, Reluctantly Related, Revisited. She's here this morning to talk about the mother-in-law, daughter-in-law relationship. Now, what about those, you know, sometimes we have those in-laws that live out of town. Some people may say that's a blessing, (laughs) or uh, you know, but what if you have those in-laws and they live out of town, but you still want to incorporate them Mm -hmm. into special occasions, birthdays, um, holidays, and things like that? What can you do then? Well, if they can't come into town, uh, and that that often happens because most of us don't live close to family 
like we used to. Um, one of the ways that I really recommend is to do Skype, you know, Skype or FaceTime or, or something where you can get the visual with the person to allow them to be part of that. Um, they may not be a part of that event so much, but maybe for, you know, a few minutes, the grandkids can be talking to grandma or grandpa or whatever through Skype or through FaceTime or, or something like that, one of those ways of doing it, so that you have a face-to-face. Um, it allows them to feel a part of things, even though they can't be there. Um, I think another thing is to, you know, share with them and talk with them, send them pictures, send them videos, um, so that they can feel a part of things and not feel like, especially, well, I will say, especially when the other grandparents are going to be around. Uh-oh. Because that can feel a little uncomfortable because it's like, you know, they get to be there and I don't, you know, so if you do something special and and schedule it with them during the holidays or during, you know, that particular event, whatever, a birthday or whatever it is, that makes them feel like they were included and special. And I just think that's really important. So you don't get the competition between the in-laws going on. Okay, so for women listening this morning, and they may have an issue with their mother-in-law, how do you broach that subject with your husband? Good question. Help us out there. The best thing to do with that is, first off, it's really hard sometimes to figure out what's a mother-in-law issue and what's a marital issue because they sometimes get blended together. Good point. part Part of the reason for that is the way the wife or the daughter-in-law, how she brings it up with her husband. And one of the things that she needs to make sure she doesn't do is expect him to fix it, you know. Or, you know, that's number one. You know, he can't fix this. This is your relationship with with your mother-in-law. You need to figure out a way to fix it. Now, he can help you, and the best way to do is when you approach him to say, I'm really struggling with this behavior of your mom's. Can you help me? figure out what I can do about it. That's including him, but it's like, okay, I need to fix this. You know your mom. You can help me kind of maneuver her a little bit, figure out what's the best approach for her. You know, that way he's involved, but he's not in the position to have to fix it. It's not his problem. Um, In most cases, it's not his problem. And, uh, you know, that's a whole different story. But, um, that would be the best way. You don't want to attack him on with his mother and say, you know, your mom's always doing this and she's like this and this and just rattling off a bunch of stuff. I mean, after all, that's his mom, mm-hmm. you know. So you really have to be respectful of that. But, you know, bring it up as this is a problem I'm having and I want to figure out a way to do it. Can you help me? All right. Again, in case you're just tuning in, we're speaking to Dr. Deanna Braun. She is an award-winning clinical psychotherapist and in-law expert. I love that. Uh, So let's talk about this. We talked about the woman talking to her husband, but how do the two women come together if you want to have sit down and have an adult conversation about some of your issues? Is it good to sit down with your mother-in-law or... How do you suggest that? Or if the mother-in-law is listening this morning, what advice would you give her? We've talked a lot about what the um, daughter-in-law can do, but what can, you know, the mother-in-law, she's the oldest. She's the, she's more mature person in the relationship. How do you broach that subject, you know, to bring some kind of um, unity there? Well, Sometimes she's the more mature one. Sometimes she's not. <laughs> it just depends on the mother-in-law you're dealing with. But um, 
A lot depends on, on really what kind of daughter-in-law you're dealing with and what type of mother-in-law you're dealing with. That does make a difference. But one of the things that I'm a firm believer in, you don't always have to sit down with the person and have this big conversation because that is intimidating on both sides and people really get very defensive. One of the things that I highly recommend is if you know you know, you know your mother-in-law, you know your daughter-in-law, and you want her behavior to change in some way, you want something from her, there's things that you can do in changing your own behavior that will help you get what you want. You have to be willing to look at yourself. There may be something you're doing that is contributing to the problem. And Give me an example. Okay. Let's say um, a mother-in-law feels like her daughter-in-law all of a sudden just is like excluding her from things. So one of the things that often is the cause of that is because the mother-in-law is too intrusive, all right? And she's noticed, let's say she notices that when she's around her daughter-in-law, her daughter-in-law is a little uptight or a little, you know, stiff or whatever, and she didn't used to be that way. So if she looks at her own behavior, she may discover some things that she may be doing that she thinks is helpful, but her daughter-in-law may see as intrusive. So if Let's say, for example, dinner. Let's say you, you know, you're over there visiting your daughter-in-law, and you just decide you're going to help her with dinner. So you get up and you start helping her with dinner, fixing dinner, and you notice her behavior starting to change towards you. That's a perfect time to kind of look at yourself and go, okay, what, what happened here? And the best thing to do in those situations is ask her. You know, I'd really love to help you with dinner. Instead of just jumping in, ask her, you know, I'd really like to help you with dinner. Give us a chance to chat because we never get a chance to catch up on what's going on. Would you be okay with me doing that? You know, and she may or may not say yes, but either way, you can still sit there and chat. Or if she says yes, then just ask her what she wants you to do, and then you can start talking. But it's really important that you look at your own behavior to some extent and say, what can I do to start to shift that? That's one thing you can do. There's another thing you can do which to me is a very powerful thing, and that is oftentimes when an in-law is upset with you, it's because they perceived your behavior to be a certain way. could be right or wrong. It doesn't matter. Well, the first thing you have to do is understand what it is they have a problem with you about. So what you would do is you would just say, you know, I noticed that you've started to change your behavior. You know, something's going on. You seem a little distant. You know, is there something wrong? Now, she may start attacking you to some extent when you've got to be willing to sit there and hear her and understand that this is just her perception. It's not about right or wrong. It's just how she's seen the issue. Once she feels heard, then then she'll drop her guard and things will be much better. We don't do that. We always want to prove that we're right. We always do, you know, and so the other person gets defensive and we go back and forth and back and forth and everybody stands their ground and we get into a stalemate. So we've got to break that stalemate. That's number one. All right, good. Now let's talk about the father-in-law, daughter-in-law relationship. Mm-hmm. We talked about the mother-in-law, daughter-in-law relationship, but how is that typically, how does that typically come into play? Well, that's an interesting relationship. Fathers-in-law are really kind of benign in many ways. They really are um, somewhat in the background. They typically get along with their daughters-in-law unless their daughter-in-law is mean to his wife. 
Mm. And then he's going to then he's going to get angry. But for the most part, fathers-in-law don't really get involved. And that goes back to what I said earlier where the relationship between women is much different than the relationship between men or between a man and, and a woman. Men don't get all caught up in all the drama that women can get caught up in. And so usually the father-in-law and the daughter-in-law can get along because their relationship is pretty surface. You know, they don't, they don't get caught up in all the, you know, who said what and who did what and all that stuff. Okay. So they get along. And sometimes they'll get along, and yet the, the mother-in-law and the daughter-in-law don't get along. All right. So at the end of the day, doctor, give us some clear, actionable tools and strategies for improving the mother and daughter-in-law relationship. The, one of the best things that I recommend is that the mother-in-law and the daughter-in-law, it doesn't matter who begins this, it could be on either side, really needs to start developing a relationship with that other in-law, regardless of the husband or the son. It, you know, putting him aside, they need to develop a relationship independent of him and, and start to build on that. And the reason for that is because once they start to get to know each other and become a little more personal with each other and intimate with each other, what's going to happen is these other things won't be as big of a deal for them. So that's the first thing is to really start to develop a relationship and get to know this other person, get to know her likes and dislikes and, and be interested in her. The other thing would be, to, again, to not take things so personally. You know, it's, you know, you've got to let some things slide and just, you know, put it in perspective. You know, is this really that big of a deal? Uh, another thing I would say would be that you both love this one man that you're connected to. You both are connected to. And you have to, the mother-in-law needs to respect, this is the woman he chose to marry. He loves her. So you need to find some things about her that he loves and and start to appreciate that. And on the flip side, the daughter-in-law needs to say, realize that this is his mom. And he loves her as much as she loves her mom. And and the daughter-in-law needs to respect the fact that this is his mom. All right. Well, really good information. If our listeners would like to reach out to you, doctor, if they would like a copy of the book, um, again, what's the title of the book? It's Reluctantly Related Revisited, and they can go to either ReluctantlyRelated.com or InLawSOS.com. <laughs> Love that title, In-Law SOS. Uh, you know, some people used to call them the outlaws, you know. They did. They did, absolutely. <laughs> Instead of the in-laws, they were the outlaws. So, hey, <laughs> I'm so glad that I never had to deal with any of that. Well, thank you so much, doctor, for taking time to talk to us. I really do appreciate it. My pleasure, Rodney. I appreciate it, too. Hi, you're listening to my dad's Rodney Lear on Sunday Morning Magazine. Like my dad's show on Facebook at Sunday Morning Magazine with Rodney Lear on Facebook. I don't hear you clicking. As an Alliant Energy representative, I really enjoy helping businesses save. Today, I visited a business that asked for a free energy audit. After walking through their facility, I let the customers know how much money and energy they could be saving. Plus, I gave them an action plan detailing how to improve their energy efficiency. I showed them how they could save even more with rebates from Alliant Energy on equipment upgrades. If you are interested in saving energy and money, schedule a free energy audit at AlliantEnergy.com slash energy audit. Any workout, any mood, any time. 
That's what the Peloton Tread is all about. From interval runs that motivate you to go the extra mile, power walks that work up a sweat, rolling hill hikes for you to enjoy, and full body boot camps to hit your goals. Plus thousands of workouts that go beyond the tread. Strength programs, core classes, yoga, Pilates, and even boxing. Everything you need on and off the Peloton Tread. Experience it all for yourself with a 30-day home trial. Learn more at OnePeloton.com.